Hi there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn Ritchie, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Calm Podcast. Today, I am going to talk about tips for leading your team through hard times. As I talked about in the last episode, you your team could be your family, it could be a lab group, it could be a group of friends, it could be you know, a group that you interact with in one of your hobbies, a sports team, or a crafting group. But the idea here is that it's a group of people who look to you for guidance and advice and leadership. Just to add some context to the timing of when I'm recording this episode, I am now starting week four of working from home during the coronavirus pandemic in the spring of 2020. I sent my team home to work from home three weeks ago with the basic idea that we didn't know when we'd be back. And here we are starting week four, and we still don't know when we'll be back in the office and the lab together. But this podcast is not necessarily specific to what's going on right now during a pandemic. These are mostly strategies that you should use with your group really at any time you're going through a hard time. There are lots of things in life that are hard. This one is particularly unusual because the entire community around the world is going through it pretty much at the same time or certainly just staggered off of one another in terms of time. But the strategies here are important and useful things to keep in mind anytime that you're leading a group, whether the entire group is going through a hard time or just certain people in it are going through a hard time. So what I've pulled together today are five tips for leading your team. These are not all my own ideas. Some of them come from other leaders in the personal development community that I listen to on their podcasts or I read their books. So I'm going to cite each of them when I share their idea. But some of them are mine, and I'll make sure that that's clear as I'm going through these as well. So the first strategy is to be a role model for your group. This one came from a podcast um, by Brendan Burchard. His podcast is called The Brendan Show, and you can find it at thebrendanshow.com. This particular podcast is the one on coronavirus, and the title of the podcast is Coronavirus Fear, Focus, and Forecasting. It's a two-part podcast. It's one of the longest ones that I've ever listened to of his, but it was fantastic. So in it, he talks about three tips for how to be a good role model for the people that you're leading during a time of crisis. These three tips are, number one, be centered amid the chaos. Number two, 
do not complain. And number three, understand where fear is coming from. So the basic idea in this is that it's so easy to just get totally spun up in the chaos that's happening, to be on social media, to watch the news, to get into these groups, kind of just talking and complaining and speculating and what if this happens and what if that happens and you can get yourself totally stressed and spun up in a ball as well as everyone in your group. And so, yes, there are going to be times that you might need that outlet to just let your mind go. Maybe don't do that with the group of people that you're leading, but do that with some friends or some peers that you can just kind of be vulnerable for a few minutes and let your mind experience that chaos because I think all of us are going through that. It is not that some people are totally sane and grounded. I think even the people who are doing a fantastic job leading through this are still experiencing moments where they need to complain and they need to vent about the fears that they're having. But if you can prioritize your mindset when you're with your team to really focus on being centered and being a role model for them. Try not to complain around them with how challenging things are and how difficult things are. And then really understand where the fear is coming from. There are very specific things that we fear. We fear loss of health, loss of loved ones, loss of resources and finances. This is valid But sometimes it helps to just know what it is you're afraid of, name it, and then think more about it and and handle that issue. And is it a valid fear or are you just allowing yourself to worry unnecessarily about that fear? I think everybody's experiencing some fear at one time or another right now because of everything that's going on. But the best that we can do to stay centered not complain about what's happening and put a name to the fear that we're experiencing and just recognize whether it's a a perceived fear or a true fear that we should be worried about. And based on that, make decisions about how to handle that fear. Again, these tips were from Brendan Burchard. If you have not read his book, High Performance Habits, It is phenomenal, and a lot of the year you can find it on his website for free. He'll give it out. You just pay the shipping. He also has the Brennan Show podcast, which is phenomenal. Highly recommend it. Now for number two, give space and time and patience to your people. This idea came about as I think about the way that people handle stress. We all process it differently. We all feel it differently. Some people spend more time in the really sad and depressed place of a stressful situation. Some people get through it very quickly. When you mentor or lead a a group of people, you have to recognize that we're not all the same and we handle things differently. And so recognizing that and making sure that you are thinking about that with the people in your group is really important. So for example, in my situation, I have some people who I think 
you know, just have really been focused on their work and maybe haven't taken as much time to process what's going on. But then a week or two later, they'll kind of say, oh, I'm really struggling right now. That's normal. And I think part of that is because what we're going through in particular in this hard situation is that we're going through a lot of grief. We, we've experienced a lot of loss through this pandemic already. For most of us, it's not loss of loved ones, at least not yet. It's loss of opportunities, loss of events. Some of us were planning to go to conferences that have been canceled. We're planning to go on vacations. Or for those with children, they had a prom or a sports season or graduation. All of that has been postponed or canceled. So what we're dealing with is stress from a lot of loss and a lot of uncertainty. What I wanted to mention that I had not thought about until I listened to the Jen Hatmaker podcast. So the podcast is called For the Love with Jen Hatmaker. She has a series right now that is called Quarantine Queens and Kings. And episode two of this series is with Dr. Hillary McBride. She talks about seven steps to grasp big feelings during hard times. But specifically what I want to talk about is the stages of grief. So Hillary talks about this in a way that I had never heard it before or never thought thought about it before, and and maybe you have, and this won't be new to you, but it was certainly new to me. If you're not familiar, the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. The research that led to these five stages was conducted on individuals who are grieving the loss of their own life. So the order in which you experience them is based on people who were grieving that their own life was ending. I've seen some other work where they decided that these five stages of grief also apply to individuals who are learning to live with the loss of a loved one. So this framework works very well for people who are grieving the loss of their own life or the loss of a loved one's life. What we are going through right now in this pandemic is grief of the loss of lots of different things, you know, time with our friends, trips, going to restaurants, opportunities that we had that are now gone. However, we're not going through the stages one time because every day we recognize something else that we've lost. And so it is totally natural if some days you are doing well, you're in acceptance, you're moving along and things are great. And then boom, out of nowhere, you're in depression or you're back to anger. If you have a group of diverse people on your team, just recognizing that they could each be in a different stage on the same day is so important. So you might be having a great day. You might be in acceptance you're dealing with things, you're in a great mindset and mental space, but just pay attention to how people in your group are responding. If you're in a group meeting on a video conference, 
If they're particularly quiet or they look down, they may be in a different stage than you on that day. And just giving them the space to be where they are and letting them sit with the grief that they're in is really important. One other podcast that I want to mention in the context of this particular strategy is Brene Brown. She just released a podcast called Unlocking Us. If you have not heard of Brene, she is a powerhouse. She has a TED Talk that is, you know, probably millions of views on vulnerability. She is a PhD in social sciences and she's amazing. So in her new podcast, she talks about FFTs, which is first freaking time. I'm not going to use the actual second F that she uses, but it's pretty funny. The whole basis of this is that this is the first time that any of us have gone through something like this. And there are lots of FFTs. The first day at a new job, you're in a first time. The first time that you go to give a presentation in front of a thousand people, the first time that you record a podcast, you know, there are lots of firsts, but usually you're the only person going through the first time at that specific time. Right now, everyone around us is in the first freaking time of going through something like this. And so just recognizing that we need to give each other space to go through it the way that we need to go through it. One last thing that I want to mention on this is something that I didn't even think about until I saw a tweet yesterday. This tweet was by a PhD student in the London School of Economics. Her name is Hannah Weissman. Her handle is at Weissman underscore Hannah. She tweeted about how Prior to now, this pandemic was creating a lot of stress for her about her research and finishing her PhD, but now her dad is in the ICU with pneumonia, and now she's really stressed about losing him. And it put the stress in perspective. So for those of us who are leading lab groups, or offices of people, just keeping in mind that this pandemic may hit close to home for some people in our group, could be ourselves, could be just some members of our team, and giving them the time and space that they need to handle that if it happens is so important. So right now I'm trying to be really motivating to my students and my postdocs and my staff to get work done and be productive and make good use of this time that we're at home. But I am recognizing that, you know, if they themselves become sick or one of their loved ones becomes sick, and I said this to them in a lab meeting yesterday, they just need to let me know that they need some time off. They need some personal days. They need some sick days. They need some vacation time. So I wanted to say this as a reminder to everybody else. You know, it's one thing when it's on the news and you see it through social media and people are posting and tweeting about their own journey through coronavirus, it might hit close to your team and just being prepared to allow your team member or it could affect more of your team. If, if it ends up one of the people in your lab is the one who's sick, 
that may impact many members of your lab. You know, they spend a lot of time together and many of them are very close. So just mentally prepare for giving people the time off that they need to get well, both physically and emotionally from something like this. Now for number four, schedule time to talk to your group. And I don't mean just talk to them about work or talk to them about the things you need to get done at home in case your team is your family or talk about the chores around the apartment if your team is you know, your group of friends that you live in an apartment with. I'm mostly thinking about this in terms of being the leader of a lab group because that's the group that that I'm really thinking about in terms of leadership right now. I've been trying to schedule times, and I don't mean scheduling way out in advance. I mean impromptu. I send a message to my group on Slack and say, hey guys, I'm going to open up this Zoom conference. I'm grabbing a cup of coffee. If anybody wants to come chat, I'll be there for the next 30 minutes. And I've done that several times. I've tried to do it maybe twice a week, kind of a virtual coffee break. And it's worked really well to just give them some time to just connect. So if you think about the time when we are at work, people go out to lunch together, they walk for coffee, they walk to go to a seminar, and on the way there and on the way back, they get to chit-chat and interact with people. Right now, everyone's at home, and it's kind of awkward to schedule a meeting to have a chat about nothing at all. Everybody is busy and trying to get things done at home and trying to balance all of the things that are happening, and so it feels a little strange to just message someone and say, hey, want to chat? So I decided to just try to kind of put together some impromptu you know, coffee and tea breaks, or I know some groups have been having virtual happy hours. So everybody, you know, it's five o'clock, they pour their glass of wine or grab a beer and they hop onto a conference line together and just connect and talk. I think it's also important to remember everybody's living situation is different. So some of us, you know, I am married, I have two kids, so I have a group here at the house to interact with on a daily basis. But there are some people in my group who live alone. And during this social distancing and shelter in place warning, they're alone all day, day after day. And I'm trying to keep that in mind and try to give them opportunities to connect with other people because it, it can be very lonely to not see other people and just get to connect and chat at all, you know, for a day or for a week. So I've encouraged them to also do it without me. And I have seen a few times that some other member of the group will say, hey, guys, I'm opening this channel. Anybody want to come chat? I'm grabbing a, a tea or I'm going for a walk. Anybody want to walk with me? You know, get on the Zoom conference line and both go on a walk. So I think this is a great way to make sure that you stay connected with your team, but also that they stay connected with one another. The fourth thing that I want to talk about is reminding the people in your group to focus on gratitude. It can be so easy right now to be negative and 
stressed and really focus on all of the terrible things that people are going through. And remember, I said at the beginning, this is not just about coronavirus. So this is any time people are going through something bad. And people joke sometimes, um, they'll say to me, gosh, you're, you're a Pollyanna. You're always the optimist. Because I am the type of person who, no matter what bad thing happens, I try to focus on the silver lining. You know, why did this happen? Or what good can come from this thing? Oprah Winfrey says, life happens for you, not to you. And I try to think about that. Anytime something bad is happening, I'll think about what is, what is the lesson here? What can I get out of this? I realize that doesn't work for every situation that people are in, but I really try to focus on what good can come from a bad situation. I think during a crisis like the pandemic that we're going through, it's really hard to focus on, you know, why is this happening and what good can come of this? You know, what we're going through for, for most people, this is not fun and it's not supposed to be fun. This is a global crisis and it, it's not supposed to be something that is like a vacation. Although I guess if you do watch the news, you'll see some people are treating it that way. But what I've been trying to remind my team is that there are kind of little bits of goodness and joy and peace to be found in what we are going through. So for example, I have not traveled, not even to go into work in three weeks, I typically travel out of the state and sometimes out of the country on airplanes two or three times a month. So I have had a lot more time with my family. We have had meals together every single day. We've been able to go for walks. We've been able to play board games. We've been able to do things that we haven't been able to do very much in a really long time. I don't have a commute right now, which means that I don't sit in traffic. I don't have to wait for a train. I'm just home. That's the case for everyone. So if you are feeling like everything is so terrible right now, just think about the fact that you don't have to commute anywhere. And whether you've rode your bike, you took the train, you don't have to do any of that right now. Um, I think for, a, for most of us, we are saving money right now. So in a typical week, I would go to Starbucks probably at least once a day. I would go out for lunch every day. My family would go out to dinner a couple times a week. Right now, three meals a day at home. We're spending more money on groceries, but we're surely saving on those other things. We're not going bowling. There's no going to the movies, like all those different entertainment things that we would normally do. So there's gratitude in that. And I'm grateful that you know, there are some, some good things that are happening. For the people in your group, giving them things to be grateful for in case they're not the type of person to come up with them on their own. So just yesterday in lab meeting, I reminded the group that we all have a job and we are all working at a university where at this point our jobs are secure that is something that many other people in this country do not have right now. We so far are all healthy, so we have that. We have one another to talk to that are going through this. You know, there are some people who are going through this 
hard situation completely alone. And so figuring out what are the things to focus your, your mental space on that you can be grateful for and reminding your team of that, especially when you can see that they're struggling and having a hard time. I've also been doing this with my kids when they get really frustrated about how the lacrosse season probably isn't going to happen. And they got new equipment and they were so excited for the season and it's over. And it never even started. I'll remind them of the things to be grateful for. The time that we're spending together as a family. The fact that I haven't been on a work trip in weeks and won't have one probably for months. Things like that. So reminding your group to be grateful for the good things that come out of this. And now for the last strategy, number five, when you and your team are ready, coming up with a plan to do something you can control and feel really good about. So the first week I would say that we were working from home, I really tried to just let people kind of do their thing, whatever that was, because there was just a lot of shock and uncertainty. Not that we're in any less uncertainty now starting week four than we were three weeks ago, but that first week I think was the hardest for pretty much everyone, just trying to figure out what was even happening. I feel like now most of the group is getting into a routine and a rhythm. And so I have started in the lab meetings and in my one-on-one meetings with people in my group to work on some plans for what we're going to get done. So putting some deadlines around some of the projects. I have some students who are working on manuscripts trying to develop those ideas and plans and encourage them to meet those, those deadlines and those timelines. The, the one thing that we have a lot of right now is time, a lot of time at home and a lot of time without all the other commitments that we used to have. And so recognizing, as I said earlier, we need to give them the space and time to process what they're going through. But once they're in a good mental space to be productive, helping them to develop a strategy to do that and a plan and helping encourage them to be effective at that. I've also been doing that at home. There are days that we don't do very much because we're just not in a, in a good place mentally to do stuff. But there are other days that, like, all right, guys, let's clean out this closet. So we completely cleaned out my son's closet. We painted his bedroom. We rearranged the furniture. We set up a desk in his bedroom because he started online schooling this week. It felt really good, and he's so excited about his new room. You know, he's 14 and doesn't get super excited about much anymore. Um, Teenagers don't really show the excitement and emotion very much, but he's really excited about his new room, and so it felt really good for him. I think it felt really good for me and my husband to give that to him. It felt good to control something from start to finish and complete it. I talked about this in episode one. I think that's important for yourself but it's also important for the people in your group to give them a place to control something and feel really good about it. So those were my five tips for 
helping lead your team through this. I hope that some of these are helpful to you. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, in some ways I was pretty focused on the hard things that we're going through right now during this global pandemic, but these tips are useful all the time. These are strategies that I use with my team a lot. Now, in a regular day, when I know that people are going through a hard time, I don't have to schedule a a video conference to have a coffee break with them. I typically will just, you know, go grab them in the lab and say, hey, why don't we go for a walk and grab a coffee? And it just gives them a chance to vent and talk and have that time one-on-one to talk about whatever it is that they're going through with me. But right now we don't have the opportunity to do that together. So we're doing that on video conference. But all of these strategies are important kind of in any time one or more of the people in your group are going through something hard. So I hope this is helpful. I hope you are all staying healthy and well, both physically and emotionally. This is a roller coaster that we're on for kind of waiting to see what's going to happen and how long this will go on. I think the uncertainty is probably the hardest part for all of us, but trying to stay grounded, taking care of ourselves, taking care of our people is the best that we can do right now. So with that, I'm going to sign off and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of the Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.